BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms, 21 plus only. Virginia only, new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Redestein tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. What up with you, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We got so much to get to. The uh, Suns are up 1-0, but that was after the Clippers. <laughs> it's not that the Clippers beat the Jazz. It's that they went 2-0 against the Jazz without Kawhi Leonard. Like, that's... Right? And... Uh, Byer, did you like my tweet that that, that a, a NBA series doesn't start until the Clippers go down two games to none? Right? <laughs> I didn't see it, but that's very apropos. <laughs> right, it's crazy, crazy. So, uh, yeah, it's that's uh, so. So here we are. It's Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. So we have the NBA stuff. I'll tell you. I'll give you kind of a little bit more insight into the Ben Simmons deal. The what what has led to his just disastrous offensive performance in the second round of the playoffs now. Obviously, they're out of the playoffs, and a lot of questions about what happens to that team. Um, you know, that's what happens. You, you lose these series, and everybody questions the the future. I think the Jazz are in that that spot now. Obviously, the Lakers, there's going to be some upheaval. They were only, they lost in the first round. Portland's looking for a new coach. They lost in the first round. The Jazz thing is interesting. And then, of course, we got to get to the Eastern Conference, where we mentioned the 76ers. And, the, you know, the Hawks go in and beat them. They're going to match up with the Bucks, who who beat Brooklyn. They held on to beat Brooklyn, despite the fact that that Kevin Durant was otherworldly. And remember, Brooklyn didn't have Kyrie and, and had, a, had an injured James Harden. So, fascinating stuff. 
There was this story, which Dan Beyer has led with, rightfully so. The U.S. Supreme Court unanimously ruled that the NCAA went too far in blocking some education-related aid for student-athletes. A decision um, that comes as college athletics can struggle with issues on how to preserve amateur status. But it's an interesting ruling, right? Because it's it's a unanimous ruling. How often does that happen? What does it actually mean right now? And then what does it mean for the future? Amy Dash joins us. She's Fox Sports Radio's legal analyst. You can follow her on Twitter at Amy Dash TV. A- Amy, let's let's start with the actual ruling because the very first line I read was that they the Supreme Court has chosen at this time not to change anything that the NCAA does in terms of eligibility for and restrictions on student athletes with the exception of education related expenses. What does all that mean? All right. So first of all, to clarify, because I think this is confusing for a lot of people with a very dense opinion. So the Supreme Court actually had its hands completely tied. It could not address at all the athletic compensation to student athletes, the non-education uh, related, I should say, compensation to student athletes. The only question that it could answer is, was the lower court right in allowing athletes to get more education related benefits? So the lower court said that the NCAA has to allow more education related benefits, paid internships to vocational schools, you know, anything related to education, fine. The lower district court did not rule, uh, did not accept, I should say, the student-athlete's reason for bringing this case, which was to say that all of the compensation restrictions by the NCAA violate the antitrust laws. The lower court disagreed, but this is what's so fascinating. The Supreme Court never got the chance to answer that question because the athletes never brought that question to the Supreme Court. They never challenged the lower court ruling. So because of that, the Supreme Court could only sort of give its cursory opinion, and that opinion seemed to favor that it would have ruled for the student-athletes on the compensation front. And so the Supreme Court sort of criticizes the student-athletes and says, like, why did you give up this fight? Why didn't you challenge the lower court ruling saying that you only get extra educational benefits and that you're not entitled to compensation across the board? Why didn't you challenge that? I mean, you have this, the major Supreme Court Justice, Justice Kavanaugh, writing a concurring opinion saying, wow, this was a major fail for student-athletes. Clearly, the compensation rules here violate the antitrust laws. You have undisputed facts in this case. The NCAA does not dispute that it's a monopoly. It does not dispute that there's been a conspiracy of sorts where it's agreed with other members to price fix. Sure. It does not dispute that this has lowered the... Uh, salaries available and the competitive nature of student athlete labor. Why didn't you go for it? So what's the next step? So the next step now is that actually the court puts out this entire uh, test that can be used in future cases if athletes bring more litigation, which it sort of invites them to do. And it says that you can actually challenge every type of restriction put on you in terms of compensation by the NCAA. And when you do that, the court has the authority to go through each and every restraint on compensation and decide, is it reasonable? Does it further the NCAA's goal of being competitive in the marketplace? And if it doesn't, and it harms the student athletes, it shouldn't be allowed. So they're basically saying, you know, the NCAA is saying we need all these restrictions on compensation in order to create this amateurism model. The Supreme Court says we don't even know what that means. You've never effectively defined what amateurism is. And it's even been shown that there's even more consumer demand than ever before, even as you've started giving more and more to athletes, according to what you decide you should be giving them. So they're, they're questioning whether there's any pro-competitive advantage to um, the restraints on compensation you, you, for athletes. You know, you know it's, it's fascinating to me because... I think that that one of the big it's like the elephant in the room that I don't believe has been discussed enough is like basically universities and sports programs operating in this tax shelter. Right. 
where mm-hmm. where they're able to make all make money and look universities make money off all their students not just their athletes that's that's the truth mm-hmm. to it and then they ask for those same you know uh, alums to give back as a as a tax credit right to their mm-hmm. university additionally all the benefits the student athletes want to receive likely would be taxed as well how would how would that be navigated do you believe you know when we get to a model where there's some form of additional compensation well that's sort of what the court says needs to be figured out and they said maybe that could be figured out through legislation maybe there should be a union one of the justices said where they're you know negotiating the student athletes for a portion of rev share similar to the professional leagues but i think what the Supreme Court also says is be very careful. There is a pro-competitive advantage to having a distinction between professional sports and college sports. Sure. So if you go too far where you're paying these athletes professional-like salaries, then there's not going to be so much demand for college sports because it's the, the one bleeds into the other, right? So they're saying it ha- there has to be a reasonable balance. I, I don't, I don't think, I don't, I don't, I, I, yes, I, I do think that there would be, look, look, people watch, the truth is people watch because of their school. They don't actually watch because the athlete, like it, it's, it, there's, and I, I do think that's one of the issues with the NCAA that they're not willing, they have yet to present a smarter case, which is, hey, just look, it does not actually matter who's wearing the uniform. For the most part, if you put the uniform on, people are going to watch in their area and, and those alums. Um, and then, of course, that draws the bigger, the better athletes, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That said, um, I, I, I think it's going to be fascinating to see kind of what that what this all kind of ends up looking like and how because the NCAA is kind of relented on the name, image and likeness stuff. But what is it all? You know, what does it all look like in the end? What is the end game to this? Because the it the 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 idea of a college scholarship is to get people into college and then to give them the ability to pay for college, which is more expensive than others. And if we, if we make it more expensive to support these athletes, well then less student athletes will get the opportunity to be student athletes. Make sense. Yeah. And I think you're exactly right. But also think about it this way, which I'm sure you would agree with that everything the NCAA is giving, there's an exploitative back end to it. So they're deriving a benefit wait, 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 wait. from so, so, scholarships. So, so, hold on, but go, go ahead. Tell me, tell me the exploitative because I, okay. I actually, I actually think the opposite. I actually think, okay. and this as a former student athlete, I actually think that student athletes, like I, I, my whole career has been built upon playing in college and who I played for and the promotion of me there. So explain the exploitative nature of it. Okay, so you give a student a scholarship, right? And you act like you are the noble saint whatever because you are giving this student something in exchange for all the money that they're making you okay let's say the student as justice kavanaugh says you know most of the athletes that are being used by the ncaa and the ncaa is making millions and billions off of them and the coaches are making millions and the president of the ncaa is making millions okay most of these kids that are not being paid are low-income african-american students so you give a scholarship and you say, well, we're paying you back by using this scholarship for everything you're giving us. But the school is deriving a benefit because those students may not have been able to afford college. So now the school's able to use a scholarship to recruit a top athlete that's going to make it a fortune under the guise of look what we're giving to you. Well, how about look what that athlete is giving to the school when the school makes hundreds of millions of dollars off that athlete's name? Okay, so tell me the, first of all, there's a couple of things here. Uh, one, it's harder to get into school than it ever used to be. We agree there? Yeah. Okay, so it's one Unless of the benefits. Unless you have an extraordinary talent huh? at a sport, then they want right. I, I understand, but so what I'm, but so, so we're agreeing that you're like, well, what are they all giving you? They're giving you in to a to an, a university you couldn't get into on your own. You just couldn't. You couldn't apply and get in on your own. I couldn't have gotten Notre Dame on my own without, without being a student athlete. Couldn't have, couldn't have afforded it. Okay, so then schools are more expensive than ever. So like we're, we're talking an exorbitant sum of money. And then, of course, you have all the resources to support you in both your sport and in academics while you're there. Tell me the student athlete 
the individual student athlete who's worth these hundreds of millions of dollars that we're proposing are kept from them. Like if, if you're a basketball player, there are other avenues that if you're so valuable, you don't have to go. If you're a football player, again, that's an NFL PA rule, but again, you don't have to go. So what is the, you know, where I don't understand the exploitative nature of going somewhere that's going to support you, promote you, get you into and pay for a school that you couldn't get into or pay for on your own. Well, I think you have to do a cost-benefit analysis. So sure. let's say under your theory, you know, the person comes in, they get the degree. They don't go on to professional sports, right? But, they end right. up going and becoming like uh, a real estate broker or a teacher, or they use their degree for something that's going to support a career that's going to enrich them for the rest of their lives. Yes. Okay, well, now you got to weigh that against how much money did the school make off of them? And should they have gotten some sort of a balance? Should there be a balancing of what the, they are getting from the school versus what the school is getting from them? Should it be more proportionate? And that's sort of what the Supreme Court is saying here is there has to be a balancing where the athletes get closer to their market value of their services that they're providing because it is labor. Right. But then also there has to be a benefit to the school as well in terms of being able to offer this, you know, this uh, industry of college sports to its own consumers so it can make money. Yeah, I don't I, I don't the 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 money that you're going to make with a college degree and having played for a university is exponentially better than the money you would make. If you didn't have that college degree or even if you just went to a school and didn't play in college athletics, right? Like if you walk in and you're in the air, especially if you're in the area where you played to an alum, you're going to get the job. I mean, we all kind of know that to be true and that's 99% of the kids. And then the other percent go off and off of their name, image and likeness, make money for years to come based upon even their successes in college while they go and pursue college athletic college. The, the other part to it is like, I don't, the Olympic sports, uh, there was a, a young woman from Vanderbilt who I thought was very, very eloquent, but I mean, she's completely lost on the economics of it. She's like, well, it's known that the NCAA doesn't like to promote women's sports. Like, well, that's not true. They like to promote it. People just don't want to watch it. They can't make money, money off it. <laughs> and all these other sports that they can make money off support your sport, right? There's the, the, the title nine element to it is another kind of non-discussed factor in how they Absolutely. navigate this in the future. And it was, that was by the way, brought up in the decision. So you're wise to bring that up too, because he, you know, Justice Kavanaugh said, there's a lot of questions that this is not simple. And the court said, this is not simple too. And maybe it's not best for a court to be able to figure all this out because it could do more harm than good because you've got the question, like you said, of the title line, but also um, the schools that make money supporting the schools that don't, the sports that make money supporting the sports that don't. How is it all going to work economically? And then you've got the threat of, of lawsuits, which I think is the biggest problem out of this decision is now the NCAA should be terrified of a lawsuit. The university should be terrified of a lawsuit. Anybody, this decision basically says anybody who's going to put any type of a restraint on compensation for an athlete can be challenged in a court of law, and the court can examine that restraint and see whether it is fair under the antitrust laws, whether it overburdens competition in the labor market for athletes, and whether it's important enough to preserve you know, the college sports industry to keep it. That's going to be sort of the balancing test. So there's going to be a lot of litigation over every single little thing here. Amy Dash joining us. She's our Fox Sports Radio legal analyst. Can you can you can you dumb something down for me that honestly I think most people don't know? Yeah. When we hear antitrust uh, legislation, right? That's that we feel like that's anti-monopoly. There yeah. there there are businesses, there are sports, there are there there are parts of our society which are allowed to violate antitrust laws. What are those? What are those businesses? Well, that depends. First of all, Congress can give an exemption, right? So, like we know, Major League Baseball has an exemption from antitrust laws. Um, interestingly enough, people have gone back and tried to expand that to other professional leagues, and it's been rejected. So, there's not really a huge rhyme or reason to it. Congress can enact a law that says the NCAA is no longer subject to antitrust law. Either way. 
I think after this decision, you need Congress to step in because you've got all these rules that are about to go into effect now in terms of what athletes can profit off of their name, image, likeness, endorsements. They vary from state to state. It's a huge mess. Now the NCAA has been completely invalidated in its authority by the Supreme Court. You need some sort of uniform rule here. The courts can't, you know, the courts are saying now we've got a test, but like I said before, are you going to go litigate every single rule by every single university and the NCAA to see, like, which one's fair and which one isn't fair to the athletes? Yeah. You need some sort of a federal bill here, here right now to clarify all this stuff. Well, of course, Congress can figure it out, right? They can. That, 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 no, <laughs> yeah, no, right. <laughs> no, 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 no problem. But the the other part yeah. to it, though, and as you said, they invalidate the NCA, but the NCA is just a legislative body for all the member institutions, right? So even mm-hmm. if the you know the people of the NCA goes away, like we have to have something that that ties all these schools together. You can't have an, an anarchy, can you? You know, I don't know. I think the major problem here that they underscored is that look at how much money they are bringing in off the backs of these student athletes. You know, hundreds of millions, billions. And I think a really important point that they brought up is, listen, in the 80s, there was this uh, decision board of regents, you know, that said, oh, yeah, the NCAA has this interest in maintaining amateurism, whatever that means. Um, It's really important. Well, this court says from the 80s until now, the landscape of college sports and the money that it generates has drastically changed. And you have to take that into account when you're looking at, you know, this is a commercial business. This is a profitable enterprise. And how profitable it is matters because it's they're using labor from student-athletes to generate that profit. So for them to be making hundreds of millions, billions of dollars, and you've got coaches with $10 million salaries, you've got the president with $4 million, of the NCAA with a $4 million salary, and then they're sitting here fighting over whether to give the athletes an extra couple thousand dollars for their books and supplies. It's just unjust. And so that's what, um, that's what the uh, concurring opinion said. And it, what's really, really of note, Doug, is that the majority said our hands are tied. We cannot rule on any other element of athlete compensation besides the educational benefits that were given to athletes on, in the lower court. And then you have one judge who comes out with a concurring opinion, which means he agrees with the majority, but he wants to take it a step further. And he just goes off on the fact that the but, NCAA... But that's, that's, also, that's, also one, that's also one judge, right? Like, do we take that landmark. to believe... Huh? Yes. It's a landmark. It's a landmark opinion, his concurring opinion. Sure. Because it forms the basis for future decisions. It says the NCAA has point-blank violated antitrust laws, and that means that it, it's, it has a monopoly. Mm-hmm. It's preventing competition in the marketplace. It's hurting labor. You know, they say that he says no other industry would this fly. You know, you cannot price fix what the people who are working for you get and put a cap on how much they can make while you are benefiting exponentially off of their labor. And he basically says the remaining compensation rules here, they need to go under judicial scrutiny. They need to be examined because he doesn't believe that there's any way that they would pass muster, meaning that that the courts should and probably would find them to be illegal if they take the Supreme Court's lead. And the Supreme Court is the leader in the judicial system. Yeah. So for him to be saying that, I mean, there's going to be a lot more litigation unless the, the Congress steps in here. As our friend Andrew Brent says, there will be lawyers. Amy, great stuff <laughs> as always. Excellent perspective. We really appreciate you joining us. Oh, of course. Thank you. Thanks for your uh, passion on this. All right. That's uh, that's that's Amy Dash. And, and she knows at Fox Sports Radio Legal. She knows. I mean, we know each other well. She knows, like, I, I actually view the scholarship as way, way, way more valuable than any money that you're going to get while you're while you're playing. It just is. Um, because while the, I, I think the assessment of Supreme court justices and many people is well, the schools are making money off you. The truth is they're actually making money off of the, the accomplishments of those who came before you, right? Because nobody knows who you are when you get to college and, but you go to the school that, oh, that's a basketball school. Why? Because they, they had X, Y, and Z. And then those guys went on and made money and it's anyway. But if the Supreme Court Supreme Court rules it, it rule it. There's there's no other kind of discussion to it. My issue is, and this is where it gets to when it gets to Congress is like this. These are state inst these massive state institutions that 
operate essentially in a tax shelter, benefit greatly from it, and are trying to provide equal education under the law. And how how, do, how would they, it sounds great to go like, yeah, let's pass this legislation. Okay, what does it look like? And if it hurts that state institution heading forward, that won't be great. Coming up next, we'll head to Philly. Find out what Ben Simmons and the Sixers future looks like. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds. Like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, going to win. Not the Big East tournament? They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton? Is a, is, a, is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of and those. Then never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? See the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Traveling to watch college hoops this winter? No, you got to stay at graduate hotels. They're obsessed with college basketball just like us. Each hotel has a unique look, inspired by the local team and its traditions. And as a sports fan, you'll really get graduate hotels and all the cool specific design details. Chapel Hill, Bloomington, East Lansing stores, they're all in hometowns of some of college basketball's most iconic programs. And the hotels bring you into that story with every visit. Why would you stay anywhere else? Graduate Hotels has over 30 hotels coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. So the odds are there's one out there where you're going, especially games and big conferences. Check out all the graduate locations at graduatehotels.com. And when it's time to book, get up to 30% off a stay with the code DOUG. That's my name, D-O-U-G. Good at any graduate hotel, any location, up to 30% off. Go book your basketball stays at graduatehotels.com. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. We'll take you inside Sixers country in a moment. How do they fix this mess? 
Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Yeah, so Jody Allen is, is um, she basically runs the team, right? Is that right? And, and, uh, and she has not sold the team. Of course, her late husband owned the team. And I believe she came out where it's been reported that she wants this to happen. I don't understand if she wants it to happen. Why haven't they hired Becky Hammond? I, I okay. Uh, well, we'll talk about this upcoming. Thomas Moore joins us, Sixers reporter for Bucks County Courier Times. Oh, we we're not twenty four hours removed from it, but um, a collapse by the Sixers against the Hawks team. Although, look, you did have a big road win in order to force a, a, a game seven. What's the overall sense in Philadelphia over the Sixers season? Yeah, I mean, the fact that they, you know, got the top seed and were able to avoid the Bucks or the Nets till theoretically the conference finals, um, you know, there was a great deal of optimism. First time they've had home court advantage in 20 years. The last time was 2001 when they went to the finals with Iverson and Matumbo. And, you know, just blowing an 18-point lead in Game 4 down there, then blowing a 26-point lead here in Game 5. Um just not playing with a lot of poise, not playing smart, not getting a lot from the bench. You know, people aren't real happy with some of the adjustments or lack thereof from Doc Rivers. I mean, it, the city's not real happy this morning. It's, it's say after a like after a bad breakup or something. The morning after, it's not a pleasant, it's not a pleasant place right now. Okay, with, with that in mind, um, and I've heard that that there's going to be a change. There's going to be changes in Doc Rivers' staff, but what about Doc Rivers himself? Are we sure he's safe? I mean, I would think so, because it's the first year. Um, uh, but, I mean, you know, you, you look at Nate McMillan, he, he did a great job of exploiting Seth Curry at the defensive end when the Hawks had the ball with Herter or whoever, but Rivers wasn't able to do the same uh, nearly as much um, with Trey Young, who certainly is not a very good defensive player. Um uh, and you know some, you know that he talked about uh, uh, not trusting each other and things like that. And you know there are things that you know you have to instill in players. Now maybe some guys just can't do things or whatever. And you know Simmons melt, you know just meltdown and just inability to. I mean he didn't take a shot in the last the last uh, four fourth quarters. Did not take attempt a field goal. Um, they don't need him to shoot a lot, but. When you pass up an open dunk to give it to a guy who's double covered and gets fouled uh, with 3:29 to go in a tight game, you know that's probably the sign that something's not right. Uh, yeah, when did when did this happen? Was there a moment where this tipped where he lost all confidence in his offensive game? Uh, it's a good question, Doug. The last month of the season, his field goal, his free throw shooting was was like you know in the low to mid 60s uh, through. Uh, the all-star break and then the last month he shot like 50 and I think it, I think it really stems from especially late fourth quarter of games he has no he doesn't want to drive because he's going to get fouled and, he, and you can just see him on the line he looks like you know there's like a bomb and he, he's got to get out of there before it, it goes off you know he doesn't know when it's going to happen he's just not comfortable he he doesn't bend his knees he doesn't follow through his form's not the same and i think uh, a lot of his um passivity for lack of a better word stems from that he just doesn't attack so he'd bring the ball up in the fourth quarter give it to curry or Embiid or harris and go stand in the dunker spot and basically they play four and five and that's what they did and rivers did in the last three games he didn't take him out at times in the fourth quarter which he hadn't really done before but he had no choice because they'd put him on the line. He'd make one out of two or go 0 for 2, and he wasn't looking for a shot. So he, he needed to put somebody out there that the defenses would respect a little and wouldn't double, he wouldn't, you know, having it up there allows them to double team and be on every possession in half court. So, uh, I mean, it feels like they got to move him, right? Can they get anything for him? Well, that's the problem. You know, everyone says you got to trade him, but. You know, if you're going to get a late first round pick and a borderline starter, you know, for the number one pick in the draft from five years ago, I mean, if you if you absolutely have to move on and you just want to cut your losses, it's one thing, which they kind of did with Markel Fultz, got a late first rounder for him, and another number one, you know, pick in more recent vintage. But 
you know, I, to think they're going to be able to get Lillard or, you know, a high-level elite all-star player for them, I, I just don't see, given what happened, um, how that's going to happen unless the Sixers you know, would include a young player and a draft pick or something like that, um, you know, to uh, augment the package. Yeah, it's 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 tough. I mean, you know, it's like Markel Fultz all over again. Only he's accomplished more than Markel yeah. didn't really accomplished anything during his time. But you're going to have to find a way to dump him and get get something of value back in return. I would guess. I would guess they 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 have to take on a bad contract, right? That's the other thing. You're going to if if they want to get something, they're going to have to take a bad contract on to get him to to get rid of him. Yeah, right. Or like or like a guy who's a really good player who. But who's a bit of a headache or something like that? Who has some sort of a some sort of a question or or an issue? Right? You may have to do something like that in an instance like this. What about Embiid? You know, he he did play with a torn meniscus. He obviously has a supreme amount of talent, and because Ben Simmons just evaporated before us, Embiid kind of escapes criticism. But should he? Should, should Embiid uh, escape criticism? I don't no, I don't think so. I mean, eight, eight turnovers yesterday, and a couple just egregious cross court passes, and you know, just such high risk, low reward, ill advised plays. Um, yeah, I think because of the meniscus and because of the fact that he was out there, and because he's always willing to take shots, even though you know the the one se- uh, second half where the one you know where he didn't have a field goal in the second half and the one loss in Atlanta I guess game 3 um he seems to escape a lot of criticism and, and his personality and so on but you know he's you know he was not 100% physically which he has never been in the playoffs he wore down late in a couple of the losses either playing too many minutes or or just just being tired or his conditioning not being great you know given the circumstances so, um, yeah, I mean, he, he did a lot of, certainly a lot of things. He, you know, he carried him. He was their best player. But to say that he, you know, he certainly could have done, there, there, there are things he could have done better and would have increased the chances that they won had he done them, to be fair. What is his relationship like with Doc? I think pretty good. I mean, you know, Rivers knows, you know, knows he's the guy and he, he utilizes him pretty well in a number of different spots, not just in the low post, but at the high post, at the elbow, on the wing. I mean, runs a lot of pick and rolls with him and pick and pop or whatever. I, you know, I think it's pretty good, um, you know, from what, you know, from, from what we can tell, he knows he's the meal ticket or, um, you know, he, he's the guy, uh, the cornerstone. Uh, and then they, you know, they dogment with him but like you know Tobias Harris had some really good games but he disappeared in some key spots where they really needed him as that second scorer um the bench was very inconsistent I mean there were some issues you know Danny not having Danny Green you know know, he's certainly not a you know an all-star player but he he, he does a lot of little things good off the off ball defender and a good glue guy you know out there so plus he can can shoot he can open he can open up the floor and he can shoot he's you know he's won nba championship before he can shoot he can spread the floor not having him is a is an under uh, and uh, if you take simmons out and you put him in granted you don't have the things that simmons does to create shots but everything else is better yeah no, no question about it he uh yeah, well, it defensively it hurts you, but offensively, yes, he's, he's one of the better uh, corner three shooters in the league. Um, although he did struggle early in the series before he got hurt, but he just does so many little things, and I think his teammates really respect him because of his resume and because of the three championships, including the two previous seasons. I, I think he's got a lot of cachet with them as a player, but when he's hurt, it's not the same thing because he's not out there with them. Thomas, great stuff, man. Always going to be interesting to see what happens with the uh, the Sixers after another loss. Appreciate you being our guest on Fox Sports Radio. Anytime, Doug. Take care. That's Thomas Moore, Sixers reporter, Bucks County Courier Times, at Tom Moore Philly on Twitter. Coming up next. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. Hey, it's Ben, host of the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller, along with my trusty sidekick, David Gascon. Would mean a lot to have you join us on our weekly auditory journey. You're asking, what in God's name is the Fifth Hour? I'll tell you, it's a spinoff of the Ben Maller Show, a cult hit overnights on FSR. Why should you listen? Picture, if you will, a world where we chat with captains of industry in media, sports, and more every week. Explore some amazing facts about human nature and more. Listen to the Fifth Hour with Ben Maller on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get 150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Hey, are you traveling to one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Well, you should do yourself a favor and do what I do, which is stay at graduate hotels. You know, Bridgestone Arena and Target Center, their, their hotels are both really close to the tournament venues, and they're obsessed with college sports just like me. Each graduate hotel is like a shrine to its hometown and the local college team, but in a good way. Lots of cool details for alumni, vintage sports throwbacks, Nods to campus, legends, school mascots, colors, whatever. Why would you stay anywhere else? You know, Graduate Hotels is the perfect spot the next time you go to see a game. There's over 30 hotels, coast to coast, down south, all over the Midwest. And odds are wherever you're going, especially if you're taking a college trip with your kids, upcoming conference tournament, or just a big college game, you can check them all out at graduatehotels.com. And here's the ultimate win. My listeners can get 30% off with the promo code Doug. That's Doug, good at any Graduate Hotel. Remember, you can book today, and here's how you do so. 30% off with the promo code Doug at graduatehotels.com. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? more confident, capable surgeons, and even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know... What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Matthew Wolf is joining us tomorrow because uh, Dan Beyer picked him to win the U.S. Open. So we booked him. Right? That right, right, Breyer? I think that's what it is. Because Beyer actually knows way more about golf than all the rest of us. John so Ram- we're like, oh, Matthew Wolf. Beyer picks Matthew Wolf. Book Matthew Wolf. It was actually John, John Ram- Ramos used him with the first overall pick. That's who it was. Oh, it was? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So we're. Because it was Matthew bad. Wolf. Remember? See? Yeah. Because <laughs> he has two Wolf. Fs. Yes, Wolf. Matthew Wolf. He wasn't as bad a dog. I mean, the Bryson DeChambeau with 15 combined on 13 and uh, 17. Right? Like, I know you can't do this, but like, by the way, that's my golf game in a nutshell is those blow up holes. So you're like, oh, God. Oh, that just yeah. wasn't that one or two. Hole. That's why like match play takes that out takes that out. That's just two holes. Whatever. That's why I don't think match play is golf. That's why I think golf is golf. I understand that some tournaments you play match play to kind of change it up, but golf is golf where you, you know, you can have 17 perfect, perfectly played. You get that one that you put a snowman up there. It's going to kill you. Sevens and eights kill you. Yeah, they do. Sevens and eights kill you. 
Just put me down for a put me down for a snowman. Let's get to Dan Byer with the press. The press. Byer. All right, Dan, what do you got? Doug, we have some news just in from the NBA. Kawhi Leonard out for game two, according to Clippers head coach uh, Ty Lu. So that ACL injury still keeping uh, Kawhi Lingering. Leonard out of action. With a growing injury. Lingering. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, every single game by game update. That's what it's going to be. Is he or isn't he? Right? He isn't. Now we touched on this in the uh, big deal, little deal, or no deal, but the Giants, New York Giants, announced they will retire quarterback Eli Manning's number 10 jersey and induct him into the team's ring of honor during their week three game against the Falcons on Sunday, September 26th. I, I kind of like this, right? Like, I, I kind of like, you know what's going to happen. Some people want a cooling off period. Like, why? Right? I don't know. Is it too soon for you, Byer? Um... <sighs> No, like there, there is a the retiring of the jersey is a is a bigger deal. Like Ring of Honor, we knew that was something, but for no one to wear number ten again is a it's a pretty big deal. You won two Super Bowls as starting quarterback. I agree. Yeah, I know. It's just I, I'm not saying I agree or disagree. You know, and I should look at the uh, the retired numbers for the New York Giants. To- I would guess Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, there is actually a bunch of them. Phil Sims had his uh, 11 retired. Frank Gifford. Did Mark Bavaro get his retired? No, no. A couple of other uh, older players, but we'd know Sims. Harry Carson? Nope. Wow. Yeah. I like Harry Carson. Lawrence Taylor? Yep. LT was one of them. Y.A. Tittle? Frank Gifford? Frank Gifford, yeah. Arizona Cardinals first-round pick linebacker Zayvon Collins arrested Sunday for excessive speed and reckless driving in Scottsdale, Arizona. Police say that Collins was going 76 in a 35-mile-per-hour zone. I mean, I have, That's what time, it's fab, but like, what time of day was it? Was one of those like where it went from like 65 to 35 and he wasn't paying attention? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it's not like he also didn't. He also he was the kid who's like, well, okay, we're gonna kill everybody. Yeah, man. No, coach, we're gonna kill everybody. Like, yeah, maybe he was actually serious. I don't know. Kill everybody. I don't know. This is if this is news, Doug. But Raiders defensive lineman Carl Nassib has become the first active NFL player to announce that he is gay, making the announcement on Instagram. Nothing wrong with that. Nope. It's just going to be uh, making uh, pro football talk. Had a piece on it, Adam Schefter yeah, as well. Yeah, it's interesting. My, I was uh, had a discussion with my kids. You know, it's like one of my daughters like, yeah, I hope one of my friends came out, and then when my son was like, yeah, one of my friends at school is gay. I was like, what? You didn't tell me. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's like just such a different. Like, I, it doesn't matter to me. Just such a different. We such a different society to the one that we grew up in. Our parents grew up in, and yeah. such more acceptance to it. You know? He's uh, he's donating a hundred thousand dollars to the Trevor Project, uh, which, sure. uh, according to Pro Football Talk, is a nonprofit organization that focuses on suicide prevention programs for LGBT youth. He'll be the first uh, openly gay player to play in an NFL regular season game if he suits up this season which he's expected to do so yes all right big game tonight uh some history hat tip to frank schwab yahoo sports who's a friend of the program for the first time since 2019 the la dodgers right now are not a favorite in the game that they are playing they're underdogs for tonight's game against the san diego padres streak spanning 150 games the last time that they weren't the favorites was in a playoff game in 2019 against the Nationals with Max Scherzer on the mound. Wow. So who's the starter tonight for the Dodgers? Um, uh, Urias. It's Darvish against Julio Urias. Urias. Former Dodger. Yeah. Yes. And uh, finally, mentioned this earlier, but Mets pitcher Jacob deGrom making the start, facing the Braves as we speak. But he also became the first pitcher to be checked for possible foreign substances. New rules going into effect in Major League Baseball today. It's our first game of the day, so deGrom becomes the first one to be checked under those rules. Mm. And no NBA tonight. Yeah, we have to wait till tomorrow and have that uh, Kawhi-less Clippers and Suns game, too. Bucks-Hawks start on Wednesday. And that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press.
That's interesting. Carl Nassib. And it's like, I, you know, like it'll be met with fanfare and whatever. And it does feel like we've been desensitized to the point where we're like, okay, right. Like, cool. Good for him. You know, find your truth. Let's go. Can you play football? Can you not play football? Maybe I'm, I don't know. It's like, I don't, I don't know if I'm too evolved or, or I, I just doesn't. You, you had to know that for years there have been gay football players and finally somebody bold enough to say like, yeah, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm playing. We'll move on. By the way, don't you load up on the Dodgers? I mean, shouldn't you? Ramos would. This is Doug Gottlieb show. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Traveling for one of the big conference tourneys in Nashville or Minneapolis this March? Do yourself a favor. Stay at Graduate Hotels, Bridgestone Arena, Target Center. Their hotels are close to both tournament venues. So why would you stay anywhere else? I love staying at the Nashville location, and I'll be at the Minneapolis location for the Big Ten Championship. And if you're one of my listeners, you can save 30% off with the promo code DOUG. That's DOUG, D-O-U-G. Good at any Graduate Hotels location, up to 30% off. How do you do it? Really simple. Book today at graduatehotels.com. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 